how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to episode 38 of Hey Human Podcast. I had a conversation with, uh, that was very melodic, I had a conversation with Annie Waugh and she specializes in something called NST and what that is, is, I'm going to just steal this right from her website, a technique that integrates both the neurological and structural rebalancing of the body. Her focal point is trauma recovery and helps her clients to resolve pain. So she does, she knows the massage therapy stuff. She does this integrated body work, all sorts of very interesting things that she talks about on this episode. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, other medicine modalities besides Western medicine. I think Western medicine certainly has its place. um, Absolutely. But um, I'm a big fan of things like acupuncture and massage therapy. I have been known to have a high colonic here and there. Don't knock it till you try it. They're great. Um, you feel light as air, let me tell you. Um, yeah, I just, I, I use the Chinese herbs and things, which of course everybody needs to do their own thing. I have myself taken herbs and found them to be nothing short of miraculous. I also, you know, we talk a lot about, um, in this episode, about just the mind's ability to do all sorts of things, to heal, to bring you strength, to bring you um, emotional balance, and when things are off kilter, how much that affects your body. When your mind's not right, your body's not right. So we talk about all these things, and uh, she's just, she's a fascinating woman. I really, I found her very cool. Um... It's funny, I feel, again, so lucky. I do this show, which I freaking love, and I get to meet all these really interesting people, and some of them, most of them, have become friends, and I just, I think that's awesome. What, how cool is that? Um, Anyway, so, thanks for listening, everyone. As usual, heyhumanpodcast.com, and I put a ton of links um, this time for Annie's episode on the on the website because there was just so much stuff we talked about and I encourage everyone to go and, and check out the links and do your own research. It's so important. If you have a curious mind, you gotta, you know, jump down the rabbit holes and read all the things you can. I, I believe that at least. Um, anyway, thank you for, for getting the word out. Uh, people have been sharing uh, Hey Human podcast with their friends and their family members and all that stuff. It's all great. If you have five minutes at some point during your day, pop on iTunes and give a review to Hey Human Podcast. You can just find it by um, doing a search for Hey Human on iTunes. It would be super helpful. I appreciate it. Send me a line. Say hello. Susan at HeyHumanPodcast.com. I'm on Instagram, HeyHumanPodcast. I'm on Facebook, HeyHumanPodcast. And I'm trying to be good about um, updating it more often than not. Uh, I get swamped with life and and some weeks are a little slower than others so bear with me as i adjust to figuring all that stuff out i am a one woman show (laughs) Uh, so anyway uh again thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoy episode 38 annie wah annie wah hi hi thanks for being on hey human thank you so much for having me i'm I'm so excited excited to be here yay We're both excited. Yay. So we uh, met through, as so many of my guests, I meet through mutual friends. But 
our mutual friend was somebody that I just randomly met at a party that I don't, in fact, I don't even remember who it was that told me. Oh, was yeah. It? Her name's Leslie. Leslie. Mm-hmm. So Leslie was very sweet. She, she, we talked about my podcast at the party and she said, you need to talk to my friend Annie. I was like, great. <laughs> so here we are. Here we are. So tell the fine folks listening, wherever they're listening, about you. Okay. Where Ta-da! do we start? <laughs> well, you're a licensed massage therapist. I am. But there's a particular thing that you do. You know, there are a lot of massage therapists in the world, but you do something right. specific. Yeah, I don't really do massage. So I do, um, I mean, I, I, I do occasionally for clients that I already have, but uh, but I do something called neurostructural integration technique. And it's, um, there are a couple of other methods that are massage modalities that are, one is called structural integration, and then another one's called neuromuscular and those two, so the names all sound alike, but those other two are radically different from what I do. So those are more like rolfing where they're very deep and they're rather painful and that kind of thing. Um, those two are. The, yeah, the other two. The NST and the... Not NST, oh, not what I do. Not what you do. But the Wait, other... now I'm already confused. I know. See, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I shouldn't have even said it. No, I, no, no, no. It's okay. So what I basically <laughs> just, when, when people ask me what I do, I... I just, I use the acronym, which is NST. Okay. And that's because the names all sound so much alike. And the other two modalities that have similar names are very painful. Got it. And di- totally different. I got confused. So, so yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I'm here to confuse. What can I tell you? No, you're here to um, confuse. So, yes. So, NST. Is so, NST. And so, it basically, it's just this really, really gentle manipulation um, of your skin and your muscles. Um, we're triggering, actually not even working with the muscles, but triggering neuroreceptors that are kind of throughout your body. Mm-hmm. And their job is to tell your central nervous system to recalibrate and reboot the connective tissue system in the body, which is tendons, ligaments, and fascia. And so, who is a good client for this? What? Um, you know, most of the people that come in to see me it's you know usually some kind of a physical ache or pain that sort of thing Mm -hmm. but because of how this modality works it's actually starting with the nervous system and getting your entire body to rebalance so your endocrine system gets to reboot your lymphatic system gets to reboot your muscular system your connective Mm -hmm. tissue the skeletal system like everything is getting this chance to unwind and kind of get taken back to like the the nervous system takes it back to neutral. How does that work? How does just manipulating certain spots? It's yeah, that's a great question. It's um so throughout the body we have different receptors and they all have lots and lots of different jobs. So for example, a lot of our this is something that not everybody knows, a lot of our hormone receptors are actually in our digestive lining. Really? Uh-huh. I did not know that. So a lot of so a lot of the hormone related issues that we're having are very connected to toxicity and poor diet and that sort of thing because it really kind of it you can those receptors can get clogged. So um, you're talking about hormones that we make like naturally our endocrine system our our, our um Yeah. testosterone or for women Pro- estrogen or whatever. Estrogen, yeah, and exactly. And it's in our stomach. Yeah, well, the receptors. So the receptor, it's like a lock and key mechanism. Okay. So you've got the receptor, which is kind of like the lock, okay? Uh-huh. And then the key is going to be whichever particular like um, hormone, or it can be a mineral, or it can be a vitamin, or mm. it can be like a lot of different things. Amino acids, there's all kinds of different things, okay? So that's going to be... So you want the proper key mm. for each lock. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is when there's a, there's a big disruption in 
say if we're just talking about the lining of the digestive system, um, then those keys are getting clogged up, or not the keys, sorry, the locks are getting clogged up with the wrong keys. And so then you don't have, so when you get the proper key in the lock and it, it functions, then it's sending a very particular mm-hmm. signal mm-hmm. through the nervous system back to the brain mm-hmm. to carry out certain functions or to organs or to glands or whatever, or whatever kind of receptors we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So when you've got the, the locks jammed up with the wrong stuff, then you can't, it can't carry out the, what it's meant to do. So when we're eating foods that are high in hormones and all that stuff, oh. is that just a mess? Oh, it's a mess. And, and yeah. you know, I read a lot about how MS symptom like things are on the rise. Mm-hmm. We've got the, um, what is that one? Fibromyalgia and yeah. then autism, of course. Now, if you're a mom and you've got a baby in your belly, mm-hmm. it's not really where it is. I know the answer to that. <laughs> And you you give birth and you breastfeed and you're ingesting all this stuff. Even if you're eating healthy, if you're eating the healthiest of food that still has pesticides and, you know, hormones or whatnot, you're you're putting that in the milk. The baby's eating the milk and then their chemistry is altering. I mean, imagine it's like a giant vicious circle. It really is. And yeah, speaking of autism, my oldest son was, you know, he was vaccine injured at a year old and went from perfectly normal hundred word vocabulary. Everything was great to within 48 hours. He couldn't talk. He was screaming, banging his head in the wall. Now I'm not going to blame. I don't blame just the vaccines for that. It was absolutely, it was like a perfect storm of, um, I didn't really know much of anything about really being healthy and taking care of myself. (laughs) I'd been a professional dancer when I was in high school and uh, college and I was really good at beating up my body, but oh my gosh, it was crazy. And back at that time, it was when I was dancing, it was the, um, the low fat, high carb craze. Sure. And so we were just, we were really nutritionally starving ourselves yeah. and had no idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's a whole other story, well, but that, go, I, I want to ask about that. So you yeah. said that because like our, I don't know how old you are. It doesn't matter. You don't need to say, I, I never do. <laughs> uh, so you know, we grew up being vaccin- vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone I know got vaccinated. And ev- there there wasn't a single autistic kid in my school. Right. Exactly. And but, now all of a sudden... But we're- we weren't getting many vaccines either. Okay. So, there's, so I don't know how what kind of vaccines people are getting now. I believe you should vaccinate your children against oh, there's things like, like smallpox. We and- would... Like, we probably... I think we're probably close in age. Um, Maybe there were seven, I think. Yeah, and that there was a lot. The, no, there's like 42 now. What? And so at the time that, that, okay, so at the time that, that this happened to my son, he was 12 months old. Mm. And when I finally went back and looked at the records, cause up to this point, I was just blindly doing whatever the doctors said. Cause mm-hmm. I just trusted that everything sure. was great. Um, he received 19 vaccinations in his first year of life. Whoa, you can't like do that. You can't do that to an adult and have them come out. Yeah. Okay. No, um, they don't do that. And to that was, <laughs> and he was born out in California and they had already accelerated the vaccine schedule at that time. He's going to turn 20 this year. Mm. Um, he, did he recover from that? Or? Eventually. Yeah. We just, I, I just, it was, that's what, that's why I'm doing what I do now okay. is because of what happened to my son. Okay. Got um, it. The other thing that was a component with his, birth and all of that was that, okay, so I wasn't real healthy, but I didn't know that I wasn't healthy. Um, but, um, I had really, I had been addicted to diet Coke forever. Well, years, years later on the other side of all that, I found out that was completely screwing up my calcium channel receptors. So I was throwing calcium into my arteries and into joints and stuff. Diet soda is horrible. Guess what happened to my placenta? 
Oh, I don't know. So it's getting, like, had all these chunks of calcium in it. Oh. So it wasn't getting the baby what they needed. So, like, I had oh. three kids in three years. And with my second and my third, and I had I had quit drinking Diet Coke by then, but the damage was done. And so, like, with my second one, I went into labor with him at 28 weeks. Whoa. With my daughter, I went into labor for her at 20 weeks. And it Whoa. was, and what we found with all three um, kids was, and we didn't know why, but it was like the placenta wasn't doing its job anymore. Interesting. Well, then years later after I went to school and like been studying and all that, I learned why that was yeah. actually happening. But they'd given me, so with my first... They put me on Pitocin to induce yeah, labor. Well, sure. Pitocin has mercury in it. That's what they gave my mom. And so they put me on. The the nurses kept coming in and going, are you in any pain yet? And I went, no. And they'd keep turning it up. So within 20 minutes, they had me at the highest dosage they could give me. And they left it there for 14 hours. So your baby's cooking so in we mercury, were both, basically. Yeah, so basically we got, we were both mercury poisoned. Oh didn't know. And then they, he has this onslaught of vaccines added to that. So see, it's like all this whole perfect it's storm perfect thing, storm. right? When yeah. my mom was pregnant with me and uh, she was in Greece uh, and uh, working on her doctorate and she, they, they didn't have fluoride in the water there like they do here. Mm. And so she actually took fluoride pills. Oh my gosh. So, and I have a, a few weird birth defects. Not that you could tell by looking at me, but I have a yeah. few like weird abnormal normal things um, that I've had either surgery on or whatever, you know. Mm. And you gotta wonder if oh, some of the things I, I teased my parents that first of all they were quite old when they had me, and I was the accidental baby. And secondly, mm-hmm. the stuff that that my mom took or did. Oh gosh, you know. And and <laughs> I guess I kicked a lot, and so the doctor. Told her OBG told her have a couple glasses of wine. She'll stop kicking, or the baby will oh stop kicking. Goodness. I didn't know if I was going to be a boy or a girl, but which so I'm like, would probably I be been, <laughs> I could have been a genius. <laughs> well, and you know, it probably would have been okay if that had happened like once or twice. But like, oh, if she was, she was doing like, red it, light or green light, green light. If she was doing it every night, then yeah, that would start affecting you. But yeah, yeah when I went into labor with my second one, my second son, Sammy, um, he I. I had, we had just moved. So new doctor, new so everything. I hadn't even, yeah. Oh my so I, I hadn't even gotten, I haven't even met the doctor that I was going to go see. I had an appointment to see him like a month after that or something, but I hadn't even met him yet. And, um, but I didn't really know because after already having had a baby, I knew what real labor versus false labor felt like. And I was like, Oh no, these are real contractions. So I call and, um, they put, they had him call me back cause it was at nighttime and, and he said, well, he said, okay. Like he asked me a few questions and he said, okay, do you like wine? And I said, yeah. And he said, um, do you have any white wine? And I said, Mm, I maybe, but I said I'm with my parents so they could get it if, you know, and he said, yeah, just have one glass and like sit down and put your feet up and have one glass and then call me back. And he said, and drink water also. So I did that and that got the contractions to slow down and stop. And, um, and he said, and he told me, he was like, don't worry. He's like, you're, it's not going to hurt the baby unless you have like a, a bunch yeah. of hard liquor or something, or you sure. did this regularly. He said, but one time is okay. Do you have heroin? Yeah. I want you to shoot up heroin just for an hour. Just once. Um, but anyway, so it was really, so I went in and yeah, I was like dilated to two centimeters already and oh stuff like gosh. that. So then they put me on the drugs to keep me from having him too oh. early. And 
So anyway, that's, so those this, are all more these, stories. All but. these things got you into what you're doing now. So right. Well, with my or? yeah, with my well, with my oldest. I mean, my fortunately, my next two children, they were fine, and I, I certainly was not okay with vaccinating at the same rate that they were before. So I was starting to pull back on that, and mm-hmm. you know, put the put the brakes on with that. Um, but in Illinois, where we moved to the vaccine schedule was not as intense as mm-hmm. it was in California. So, um, which that was an education. I didn't realize it could be different from state to state, I didn't but know that either. at least at that time, that's how it worked. That's I don't know funny. now, but, um, but at any rate, so it just took forever to figure out what happened to him because I had a history of really horrible ear infections when I was mm-hmm. very little, I was deaf for a period of time. They don't really know how long because apparently by the time they figured out I was totally deaf, I was reading lips so well that they didn't know that I couldn't hear. So, because toddlers just cope and adjust, right? They just figure it out. So, um, so I guess that's what happened there. But because of that history that I had, then the doctors were going, oh, it couldn't be the vaccines. Maybe he's having ear infections. Maybe he's, you know, because you have that history. So maybe blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you're panicking as a parent you know, watching your child fall into this abyss and going, what is and going Western on? And Western medicine is not always great at... So, right, oh, exactly. They don't so really this go was, down into the thing. They just oh, look no. at what's on top and go, oh, we'll just give you a pill for that. Let's just suppress symptoms, yeah. yeah. So it, th- this was all my education, and I just, you know, when I finally figured out what happened, um, I... Oh, oh, okay, sure, I'll have more coffee. Oh, my gosh, y'all, this... <laughs> Susan makes the best coffee yeah. around. It's so good. Thank you. I have little tricks in there. Oh my goodness, they're good tricks. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's the heroin. It's the it's five o'clock somewhere. Um, so anyway, but I, but that was what it was really an education because I thought, well, shoot, the you know big pharma got my son into this mess. It's sure not going to get him out of it. So I just started searching everywhere. We were. Um, he, we had a great uh, doctor at the University of Chicago. He's, I don't believe he's there anymore. I think he retired. Um, who he was really, his name was uh, Dr. Blondis, and he, he was amazing. He, I, what, I under, what I remember is that his daughter, he diagnosed his daughter, and when his, or his, di- his daughter was diagnosed with autism, and that was when he realized he had Asperger's syndrome. And so he had this amazing, he put together this team with a psychologist and like a few other people. So when you got in to see him, he, you actually went to a few different people. That's great. Which was amazing because you're getting, it is, it is. And that's totally so, and which is how I operate now is like, oh no, one person Mm -hmm. and one therapy Mm -hmm. is not going to do it. I agree. Um, so it was it was amazing because he didn't, he wasn't about drugs. He was like, drugs don't help. We, we don't want that just can create more of a mess. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we want occupational therapy. I want speech therapy. I want like this and that. And this is what I recommend for him. So it was amazing. So that was, that was good. I started learning more about toxicity. Mm-hmm. And Which we're being poisoned at an insane rate just by like, oh, I just went gosh. through a, um, That's awful. I just had a pesticide. I, I had to go through protocol to, for pesticide poisoning. Mm. I've never felt so much pain in my life as uh, it's leaving your body. Yep. It was I it was insane. Yeah. The amount of pain I was going through. It it is. And that's the one thing for people to understand too. When you are when your body is healing, um it it's not comfortable. Mm-mm. It's not comfortable. And I think one of the knee jerk reactions that we have because we're so conditioned to take a pill and feel better um, is that, okay, I start getting, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start taking these. I'm going to eat these really healthy foods. 
I'm going to do some mindfulness, mm-hmm. like meditation. I'm mm-hmm. going to, you know, add these good things into my life. And then you start having this horrible skin rash and you think, oh no, what did I catch? No, no, no. That's your body probably purging. Mm-hmm. Maybe your body chose to yeah. purge through your skin. Yeah. Maybe your body's going to, you know what I mean? Mine was going through the joints and it was evil. And uh, I eat health. I mean, yeah. I ate organic. It's just, I wasn't, I would wash under the, under the sink and stuff or, you know, under the faucet but it wasn't enough, so I had to go buy right. the cleaner and actually really make it a, a almost a meditative process of washing my yeah. fruits and vegetables, even the Which stuff is with great. Like, soak it with love as you're yeah, like, and clean it, it all off and make yeah. sure it's. I'm like, I will not have that happen again if I can help it because yeah, it it's horrible. Brutal. Anyway, back to you. Yeah, no, that's okay. It's, it's all, also interesting. It's all a part of the same. I know. Yeah. I feel like this could, this could be like a five hour podcast, but well, um, if it is, we'll just split it up. <laughs> um. I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I guess I, just that that was my journey. That was sort of into, all right, figuring out. Trying to help your own child. You went, I need right. to become this I person that do. helps others. Or right. Be, of... Well, and, you know, it was sort of twofold. I, I became a single mom before my daughter was born. And so I needed to make money. And up to that point, I was... I, all I did was I was an actor, singer, dancer. So <laughs> it's not easy to make money, as you know. I do know. Um <laughs> In the fine arts, in the performing arts. So um, I just, I had gigs. I was doing like studio vocals and I would do, I would do different things here and there, you know, where I was at, um, but it wasn't anything consistent. And Mm. so, um, so I thought, okay, I, I actually, when I went to college, I actually started out pre-med. I didn't want to go to college. My parents forced me to, (laughs) I wanted to go to Broadway. Mm. Um, So thank God they didn't, you know, they I mean, obviously, I was an illegal adult. I could have just gone off and done that. But I didn't. I had the kind of relationship with my parents that as much as I wanted to do something else, I, I, I knew that they had my back and that they really wanted what was best for me. So I thought, okay, I can't totally ignore what they're saying. Sure. So fortunately, they did. So I, I was kind of trying to figure out if I wanted to do, you know, theater arts or pre-med. <laughs> Um, because I thought, oh, I want to be a sports med surgeon when I quit dancing or whatever. (laughs) Right? Yeah, exactly. And so I, um, anyway, I, so I I had a lot of those courses, but then, you know, you, by the time you get to the end of your freshman year, you really have to make a decision there. And I went, okay, well, my body is going to wear out before my brain does. So I'll do, I'll do performing arts now and I'll do, you know, the other thing later. So now I'm really grateful I didn't take that path, but also that I had, a lot of great courses early on that kind of opened my eyes to, you know, okay, what that world looks like. And, mm-hmm. um, so anyway, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to chiropractic school. So I applied and I got in, um, to a couple and the loans were like $292,000. And I was like, okay, so single mom going to have a mortgage and no house and three kids getting close to college. That's probably not a wise decision, you know? So, I didn't do that, and I actually had two chiropractors that told me, they were like, oh my gosh, no, don't do that. Go get a massage license, because if you have a license to touch, there's an incredible number of different therapies that you can do with people that are wonderfully beneficial. And one of the chiropractors, actually, she didn't even do chiropractic anymore. She was doing a bunch of other stuff that she felt was much more effective. And License to touch. That's like a James Bond film, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes. Double O something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> triple O. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, triple O. Um, 
But anyway, so that it was great guidance, and so I went to National University of Health Sciences in the Chicago area in Lombard, and that is a chiropractic and naturopathic school. They also have oriental medicine mm. um, and acupuncture degrees, and so um, so the the woman there, who's the head of the massage program, is a chiropractor and naturopathic doctor who had been a massage therapist, and so this technique that I do now, NST. That's what she does as a chiropractor. Mm. And so, like, a lot of chiropractors in Europe and Australia have all switched to doing that because you, your your patient is better in three sessions, and they just come in for maintenance once every couple months. And Which is why we don't do that because exactly. we want to make sure you keep coming. and you know, Exactly, because it's a business, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it's absolutely a business. Yeah. The longer you're so, sick, the more And I have to say, to, to be fair, I, I, do know, I do know a bunch of chiropractors around here who are just wonderful people who aren't of that mindset, and they're right. incredible, and I, you know. I was thinking more like but Western the traditional. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, rad. No offense to any of my doctor friends that are listening. I I know. I've got some doctor I, friends who are amazing, yeah, and they're really too. all about you I, know researching and finding out yes, what's actually working. But I the numbers, doctors the numbers of people that like I've run into yeah. that are just about yeah. writing scripts. I'm just yeah. yeah. Okay, we just can't even go there. So, yeah. but we um, love you, great doctors. Keep doing we what do, you do. We need you. We need we you. Need you. So, um, yeah. So that just kind of sent me that way, and I was in school, and she didn't actually teach. Like NST was not a part of the program there. Um, because you have to already be licensed before you can go do that training. But I got hurt in clinic. I had a, I had the table set at the wrong height for a very large client and I was too embarrassed to mm. change the table in front of her because I didn't want to embarrass her. And so <laughs> I just worked on her with my arms, like we're up here, like at my shoulder level instead of down way at my waist level where they should have been. So my whole back was in spasms and I had a technique class with, Dr. Co that night and I thought, oh my gosh, how am I gonna do this? I, I'm just gonna it'll I'll just pray it gets better. I'm just gonna like try to massage myself a little, you know, so I'm sitting there, I could hardly move. And we had to after the lecture part was done, we had to get up and then go do the the hands-on portion of the class and she could see I was hardly moving and I she was like, Well let me fix you so you can take class. And she was like really down to earth and casual about it and and I thought, okay, great. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, she's a chiropractor. This is not going to end well. My back is in spasms. This is not going to be okay. And um, <laughs> It's not going to end well. No. <laughs> and then she just started doing this, like, really gentle manipulation. It feels like you're not, like I'm doing nothing, yeah. really. Um, and just instantly, everything in my body started releasing, and the pain was gone oh, immediately. Yes. And I was like. What in the world Which is doctor? she doing? We seriously, we actually teased her about sacrificing chickens in yeah. her office because the rest of the class was standing around the table and they could see how lightly she was touching me and they yeah. could watch, they could see my body unwinding. Oh my gosh. You know, it was crazy. My so. dad teases me because whenever I talk about, he calls them my hippie doctors or yeah. my witch doctors. Yeah, laugh about it. I'm like, well, yeah, but they work. Don't oh they? my gosh, <laughs> I've had yeah, I've had I've heard that I'm referred to as Voodoo Annie and yeah. that kind of stuff too. Even though so be it. It's very scientific stuff and it's very there's nothing woo woo about it yeah. but it, it does seem been, strange it well, does right the eastern the, the asian medicine the oh, eastern yeah. medicine has been doing this for forever for thousands of and, years yes. you know billion people can't be wrong that's what we right? say right <laughs> absolutely oh my gosh yeah so so that was kind of what and and prior to that i had a back injury when i was 19 that um i had to go to a chiropractor literally every week for 20 years or oh. I was on the floor debilitating oh, pain. One of the snap crackle pop ones. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that was all I knew. Yeah. 
And so they saved me from surgery. I was yeah. so grateful for that. Yeah. But I, I had to keep going. And I, I always thought, man, there's something wrong with this. Like, why do I have to get fixed in order to just function all the time? But, you know, yeah. well, oh, well, I have to do what I have to do, you know. Yeah. And then after Dr. Co did that to me, um, I did like the two other sessions. I have never wow. been in that pain again. I've never needed to go get Amazing. cracked. I mean, it, it was, and she was like, well, yeah, I mean, this is what, you know, because basically with, with traditional Cairo, that's high velocity, you're forcing the bones into place, but the connective tissue is actually what's in charge of where those bones are. And it's programmed by the central nervous system. You can't force it into place and have it stay really it's because the connective tissue is programmed to pull it back out oh. so with nst basically i'm pushing the buttons around on your body to that it's sending the signal to your nervous system that particular neuroreceptor its whole job is to tell the central nervous system to recalibrate that ligament tendon fascia to take it back to neutral oh. so your body like the bones realign themselves i don't ever manipulate bones but your body lines itself back up on the table cool and then your nervous system is learning how to hold it hold that alignment so usually like the world health organization did a three-year study on this technique in europe and they found that 85 percent of everyone in the study was completely resolved with three sessions oh or less 13 percent needed four to six sessions and then the remaining just needed more ongoing palliative care because they had maybe congenital issues, sure. maybe you know what I mean, whatever, yeah. whatever. I don't, I don't know what the data is because yeah. I didn't read it, but um, on what those particular issues were. But yeah, so that's and those stats have really held up in my practice. So it's been really exciting to be able to help people be able to just go live their lives because I think that's what most of us who are in natural health care want is you yeah. know you want you want people to we're we're doing what we're doing so people can go live their life not so they can come into our office every week right you know yeah i bet so. you um some interesting things come up when you're working yes. on people very because very, very i very. personally believe that the body is like an onion and that you know our layers oh, yeah. we, we start building layers up from birth mm-hmm. and any kind of trauma or uh injury or or emotional trauma get stored somewhere and we may as we talked before we turned on the recorder we may not even remember a particular trauma but the body does the body body. everything like i drowned when i was three and so now and i died and so now whenever i get into water where i can't see the bottom like a lake or a river or whatever my body remembers my brain knows i'm not gonna drown i'm a grown woman but but my body goes (gasps) Yeah, and it takes Absolutely. my it takes my mind a moment to tell my body you're not drowning, it's okay. And it, it still happens after all these years. It yeah. still happens. Yeah, it's very interesting. And the so body remembers. The body remembers. And so that's something that yeah. So I do a lot of work with people on that because that's something we can actually we can get our bodies to to release that mm-hmm. and heal that. Um, what if we don't know it's there? That's where you just have to, if you walk into somebody's office, like, I mean, with what I'm doing or, um, there, I think there's a lot of different, sometimes people will have an emotional response to body work. Um, I definitely am a believer in, in the, the integrated kind of look at the human person, um, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, I also would add on to that, like, um, creative and, and then giving serving because those are all things that that it's, it's just, they're all components of who we are as human beings. And so, um, to be able to have all of those things in sort of a healthy place. And I don't, and there isn't a, I say that, and I I don't want it to sound like, I think, oh, there's, 
you know, some perfect place that we can achieve, you know, while we're still in our bodies. I don't think there is. I think it's just a journey and we just, we just do the best we can in in each area. But (laughs) the more we can learn about those things, the more, you know, you can have one, one thing, maybe one good thing that you add into your life. That's, that's encompassing a bunch of those elements, you know, that are, that are helping all those things together. But, um, but that's, I think that's the reason that when, and, and well, let me back up a little. So one of the ways that I'm looking at the body too, is that it's, the body is sort of the end result of everything, all those other aspects of our being. So whatever, so if we've got some kind of a physical ailment or symptom in the body, mm-hmm. it's actually pointing to something that's out of balance, you know, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, like whatever. There's all these other components of our body, and I believe they're inextricably woven together. I don't I don't think that you can remove one from the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, certainly the way that we have traditionally looked at the body, um, in the Western world mm-hmm. is very much just physical. And then, you know, this, this part of you is over here. Your emotions are over here. Your intellect is here, you know, it, and that's not at all how we're put together. It all affects everything else. And mm-hmm. then the body itself, the way that things in the body are so woven together and connected to each other. And that's something that a lot of people don't realize until they come in with something and they're going, okay, so this side of my neck keeps hurting and, and I don't really know why. And I know that, okay. And then I've got this other thing going on with this knee and then my shoulder kind of, well, this happens. And so like, I'm a mess. I've got so many different things going on and I'm going, it's all one thing. Actually, it's all connected and we just have to rebalance because that's just all compensation. So, um, so I, yeah, I kind of, I geek out about all that and I can talk about it. Yeah. I remember when I first learned about referred pain, I was like, what is this? And that when you're hurt here, somewhere, let's say you hurt your shoulder, but your shoulder doesn't hurt and your side down, down there hurts. Yeah. But it's because of your shoulder. It's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) That makes no sense. But it's again, it's like this microcosm of the macrocosm that we, as we disassociate the different parts of ourselves, Mm -hmm. we do for the world at large as well. We don't see ourselves as part of the human race. We see ourselves as an individual and I'm speaking the royal you not or we or whatever. I'm not right. Right. on, On a, in a general generality. Of course, I know many people who don't believe this, but, but right. in general, I think human beings don't quite grasp the concept that we are one organism in, yeah, in a yeah. sense. Absolutely. In a sense. Mm-hmm. And that's very, of course, that's my hippie dippy coming out, but that's the way I feel. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't surprise me that the body is, is certainly that. I, I yeah. truly believe that mind, body, soul, spirit, you know, all that stuff is. Absolutely. And if one is out of whack, it's going to send everything else mm-hmm. out of whack yeah. but we do very much we want to give it um what's what's the word i'm looking for something very linear oh i have a headache because i didn't get enough sleep well maybe or maybe it's yeah. eye strain or maybe it's you got in a fight with your grandpa or you know or something or right maybe you got stabbed in the head in a past life <laughs> i don't know but it's Variables. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, and this endlessly fascinating to me. It really is, and that so that's one of the things that I, you know, when I'm working with people, I, I really help them, try to help them um, figure that stuff out because sometimes. Um, no, it's okay. Go ahead. I was to say, I know you can't say a specific client by name, but I would yeah. uh, please share any maybe a, a interesting story where somebody came in and said. 
ouch, it hurts when I do this. And you don't just say, don't do that. You actually... Right, right, yeah. Do you have any any good Oh, gosh, good okay. Stories? Not to put you on the spot. No, 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 that's okay. I'm like, I just I just came from seeing clients. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking about, like, I've got a jumble of people in my head. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, okay. So one lady that um, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me telling her story. I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody's name. names, knows. but... Yeah. Um, but anyway, she, um, okay. So some of the muscles, okay. There's certain parts of the body that are very, actually every part of the body is going to be very indicative of something emotionally. Mm. Um, there are some great resources out there. I, there's a, um, I know Louise Hay has written a book, Mm. um, heal your life, I think. And, um, and then there's feelings buried alive, never die. That's another great resource by Carol Truman. It's amazing. It has a, um, I have it on Kindle in my iPad in the office. So actually, well, I just carry it with me everywhere, but, um, I will pull that up. So if we've got something that is really chronic for someone, mm. I'll, you know, I'll go, you know, let's take a look at what emotionally might be behind that, you know, and I'm not kidding. Every single time I pull that out for people, they, they go, oh, wow. Yeah, that makes sense. Feelings buried alive. Never die. Never die. Carol with a K S Truman. I'll put that link the, on my, hey, it's a podcast. great resource. It has a huge index in it. Um, for, you can basically look up anything any part of the body, a malady, and, and see what is often attributed to that. And then, um, and then there's also another index for kind of a meditative, um, like thing, you know, kind of process that you can think through where you will look at maybe an emotion that isn't serving you real well, like, you know, unforgiveness or, um, I don't know, just feeling really dejected or rejected or something like that. And then, so it'll have those words, we'll have that word, and then three positive alternatives Mm. to that. And so she's got like a little script in there that you would, you kind of walk through with that. that So it's really, it's a great one to have. So I use that. I've also, I'm still in the midst of studying German new medicine and that's another, um, it's amazing where basically this, um, doctor from Germany, um, let's see if I can nutshell it quickly. He, great internist, very renowned. Um, he and his wife were both uh, physicians and, um, he, they were on holiday. This was, I think in 1979, um, their son was shot. Mm. Um, he was trying to defend someone. He Mm. was shot. They airlifted him back to Germany, Mm -hmm. um, cared for him for a few months and he finally died from his injuries. And four months after their son died, Dr. Hammer, um, his, he developed, or he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. And he said, I know that I know that I know that I know that my son's death caused this cancer. I need to find out why. So he was given, I I think basically carte blanche with researching this. And he, from what I understand, so if anybody out there hears this and they know all about German new medicine and I make a mistake, correct me, um, right in. Um, but, uh, he, looked at, he basically interviewed all the patients and then they did brain scans. So I, I don't, I want to say they were MRIs, um, of the brains. And basically what he found long story short was that emotional conflict, they were very specific emotional conflicts would happen in specific parts of the brain that would engage the body in this natural biological process of, um, which would be a proliferation of cells in some cases. In other cases, other cases, it would be like 
an ulceration mm-hmm. of cells, mm-hmm. um, and it depends. Explain on, what an ulceration is, because I oh, don't kind what of, that means. Um, uh, kind of like getting rid of cells, uh, creating creating an ulcer, basically. Um, so, almost like creating a hole in the like a wound. Basically. Yeah, creating yeah. a wound. Um, and so, and it was it was a hundred percent like every single person that experienced rejection abandonment conflict it happened they you could see on the on the images you can see these little concentric energetic rings on that spot on the brain which was directly connected to the tubercles of the kidneys um unbelievable and so yeah right (laughs) so like for that particular example what they said was okay so looking at the body the the way the body is thinking biologically anciently Mm -hmm. um okay if i'm out of my tribe then um, I may not be able to get food or water, okay? So that would be like rejection abandonment. Mm -hmm. Your body could perceive that as, oh my gosh, I've been ousted. I can't, I may not be able to fend for myself. So there's this proliferation of cells in the tubercle of the kidney that is going to cause you to retain water, maybe gain a little extra fat weight to help you survive if you can't get to food and water, okay? so badass. So, right? So so then once the conflict is resolved, then your body goes, oh, great, now we're going to send some like fungi and some bacteria in there to break down that tissue and get rid of it so that could look like an infection, yeah. tuberculosis. This is why I take probiotics, by the way. Right? So there you go. Anyway. So anyway, that that's just one example, but all that to say... His view of all of this is that there's nothing to freak out about and be panicked about that that cancer is a natural biological process and that if we can treat the body and support the body properly, our body is going to break down that tissue and we're going to be fine. But we need to we need to come at it in a completely different way than we have been. So what I have found, so as I've been studying all of these different things, what I think is so cool is that with Dr. Hammer's model and the Carol Truman book and the Louise Hay book and like some of these other things where where people are connecting emotional conflict to physical response in the body, none of these people were working together. And guess what? They're, They're all, all finding the same, same thing. thing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, we have to sit up and take well, notes of that. We know that, that stress does a number on the body. And I always find it, it so fascinating absolutely. that people will be like, well, I know stress is bad for my body and it causes this stuff. And yet they can't take that tiny little step. It, to them, it looks like this huge leap to believe that there are other things that would in fact make an, a mal- malady inside the body. That, right. Right. Isn't that like, funny? Like, like trauma, like sexual oh. trauma, how that might oh manifest or, yeah. or, or, you know, being yelled at or being, you know, stressed out in traffic or whatever, what the things that it does, to the body releasing the cortisone and doing, you know, yep. these things, these things are real. They're absolutely real. And, and so much of this stuff you know, when we and we when we bury things, when we judge our our thoughts and our emotions, which culturally we really are trained to do that. Sure. Um, and there, you know, thoughts are energy. They they're they're a phys- they are a thing yeah. in the body. Emotions are a thing in the body, yeah. and so physically they're rising up in mm-hmm. the body. And so then if we're judging, mm-hmm. we're going, oh wait, I shouldn't feel that way. I don't want to be. I don't want to have negative emotions or whatever well you're just judging stuff so then you're like pushing it back down and you've got like these two freight trains going head to head at 100 miles an hour creating all of this so that's what like my friend michelle chalfant she 
that's how she describes anxiety. She's like, anxiety is not an emotion. It is a physical response in the body. And that's exactly what you're contending with. And so I love her model of kind of assessing all of that and, and working through it. She's called the adult chair. And that has been the most That's game changing. Yes, and it's a podcast. It's called also. the Adult Chair. Okay, I'll put a link to that. The too. Adult Chair. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I love the title. <laughs> and of that. it's it's cool. And it's free therapy. I'm not even kidding. And she knows that I tell people that. She's like, "That's great." So, but I, it really is free therapy listening to that podcast. Um, but it's great because it's it's really kind of getting to the root of the emotional stuff that we sequester like that. It just becomes what she would call these little parts of us in the adolescent chair, which is kind of like the ego part of our brain. Um, and that's running our lives, you bet. You know? And so if we can witness those emotions, those parts of us, mm-hmm. you know, Gab- Gabby Bernstein talks about witnessing your crazy. I'm like, I love that. You oh know, wit- yeah. I'm a big fan. You have to acknowledge your, your dark side, acknowledge your crazy, acknowledge Absolutely. all this stuff because if you shove it down, it's going to manifest in a very, uh, destructive way. Absolutely. Every time there's no way around it. No, there isn't. So, so this is, so this is just, it's such a great model. It's so simple and it's, just easily accessible for people to deal with it and do that. Like some people call that shadow work where you're kind of, okay, let's pull that stuff out of the shadows. Right. Big fan. And so that's, what's really necessary for, for what I, so I really have a very um, holistic approach with people. I'm not just working on their bodies. I'm usually going, okay, sometimes people will come in and they'll just, something will resolve pretty quickly. And, and I may are, they may already be sharing, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm, you know, they eat really well and they're trying to do different good things for their health. And we kind of don't really get into anything else because they kind of, you know, they resolve their issue. And then, but I get a lot of people coming to me specifically for trauma and PTSD. So do you have a good, a good person to, or not by name, but a story? Yeah. You know what? I, um, well, the first one that comes to mind is Mm -hmm. the most recent. I work with, um, combat veterans mm-hmm. and um I volunteer my time with them and I it's Thank you such that. an honor to do it oh my gosh um so I'm so grateful for anybody that you know if you know of somebody that needs help send them to me cuz I'm grateful for every opportunity I get to work with them but um but it was yeah it was really amazing so I I worked with a guy um and we're actually going to do we did a video and we need to redo it because the sound didn't come out right so but he won't he's happy for me to share his story so he was in Afghanistan um had two, I think two different con, uh, concussion blasts, um, where he was knocked unconscious one for sure. I think maybe he was near a blast once and then another one knocked him out. So, um, so anyway, he had brain injury and, um, and then severe PTSD, which everybody does coming back from that arena. Um, and 10 years, 10 years living with, all of this stuff because he wasn't there. None of these poor guys are getting the help they need or women or women. I'm sorry. Yes. Both of them. Absolutely. They're not getting the help they need. And it makes me crazy. That's a whole other, right. I know we could go on for hours about that. So, um, it, it makes just, it makes me sick to my stomach to think that we are, perfectly willing to send people into these situations and they go willingly as well. And they, right. they do what we can't or what we won't or whatnot. And yeah. then they, they come back and, and there's just no, there's a little bit of help, but a it's, little. They're it's, told, it's, it's as minimal as you could pro- possibly get. Right. They're told to take a knee or take a pill. It's just, it makes me crazy. And it's, it's just Thank reprehensible. You Thank you, you all. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I, so he was living with, um, 
you know, hardly sleeping because the nightmares were so intense. He headaches every migraines constantly um, for 10 years. Okay. And giving, putting him on different meds. And he said, yeah, I definitely tried, you know, to check out and just drink a lot for a while. I did that. Realized that wasn't working. Suicide rate among these people is just insane. Among our service people. It's, yeah. And it doesn't, and it, it just, yeah. 22. It needs to, 22 a day. A day. That's 22 a day. It's insane. It is. So I wish there were many more people. I mean, I think, and here's the thing. I think there's a lot of people out there that really other therapists like myself who who really want to help these men and women um and we're willing to volunteer our time to do it and they don't know they yeah. don't know where well, to then, find us so find me yeah <laughs> come to me yeah um but at any rate so we connected and i just after the first session of nst he didn't have any nightmares that wow. week like none um and his body was starting to feel better. The headaches went away um, after the second session. Um, like he was just feeling so much better. And then um, I was, so I was asking him about, you know, the triggers and some of that sort of stuff. He really wasn't experiencing a whole lot of that at this point. Um, he just wasn't in an atmosphere where he was experiencing anything that would trigger him really. Um, so that wasn't coming up, but um, he was like really restless. He couldn't stop moving his body at night to try to go to sleep. So... Um, I gave him some, uh, I got lemongrass essential oil and that did it. And he was, so that helps. And that one, the amygdala, which is the part of the brain where the trauma is kind of looping, um, it, the only sense sensory input that it will receive is olfactory. So that's smelling, smelling. Yes. So that's where, um, good pure essential oils, not the stuff you buy on store shelves, but the really good stuff stuff, like the Terra is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, um, that's the stuff that you want to use. And it's, um, it's amazingly effective. Incredible. So I used that stuff when I was detoxing on my feet. Did you? Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we added essential oils and then I also sent him to Gil Benami, who is an acupuncturist healer. Oh my gosh. If you haven't been to Gil, you've got to go. Oh my goodness. This man is the most amazing. He's an extraordinary healer. Yeah. Yeah. He's from, he's from Israel. Ah, cool. Um, Maybe I did go see him once. I don't know. Anyway, but he's so, and so then after um, my client went and saw Gil, that was another radical change for the better. And he's just, he's a new man. I mean, he's, he's got his life back. Do you go and it was so simple. Tell the VA or, you know, there are people here that you are available. I think that needs to be known. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, who do you talk to? We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll get you, because, we'll get you squared away. Yeah, because yeah. the VA is not well, not real helpful for we'll everybody necessarily. So I'll we'll, help you figure that out. Yeah, we'll, okay, let's yeah. do that. We'll make it a project. Okay, Okay, sweet. awesome. So, um, <laughs> so anyway, so that's... That's so that he's... Yeah, but it is, it's one of those, I think... The other thing that the way that I view the body and how we need to and our and our whole being I don't want to just say the body because I really I, I'm not body just, mind soul it, all of it yeah is that I believe that we are created and we're designed in a way that it's not about forcing us to do anything or to be or make decisions you know like we're not forced to do anything so why are we trying to force things in the body with 
it's like surgery. And I mean, okay, trauma surgery, sometimes it's needed, you sure. know, whatever. Like there are times where it's really, really needed. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent against anything. No, no, no. Me neither. Yeah. I'm not either. Um, but there are, I think the way that we're conditioned to treating the body and, and pretty much every aspect of ourselves is very forceful. Mm-hmm. And what I've found in practice and in all the trainings that I've done in different places in this country and a few others is that we get way better response from the body when we just give it something it needs and then stand back and let it process, yeah. let it do what it needs to do. We are a super organism. I mean, it's, it's incredible. What we're capable of. Oh, I was actually listening to a, this, this brings up a thing that I was thinking about this morning, angel dust and how back in the day when people took angel dust, well, you know, you always heard about that yeah. like in the seventies and eighties or whatever people took angel dust and they went insane and you know, went on murder sprees or lifted cars or they had, you know, police would try to take these people down and they had superhuman strength. Yeah. And I was thinking about that this morning as I thought that, that tells me they already have superhuman strength. Right. That drug did not give them superhuman strength. It just released something in the mind to allow the possibility to, to allow that to get. Yeah. So that just tells me what we are capable of. Yeah. Is massive compared to what we think we're capable of. Absolutely. I could go out there if I knew how to lift a car, you know, I, I could, because clearly if I can do it on angel dust, I, nothing is different. Absolutely. Other well, than my brain is being told anything is possible. Right. Like mothers lifting cars because their babies are because their children. Their children are under, yeah. yeah. Sure. And, um, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, the more, the longer I've been in practice, the more I realize absolutely anything is possible. I've seen people have come yeah. in that, I've seen cancer totally healed, autoimmune. I mean, when you give all of the right things, the body, as soon as you remove restriction and burden, Mm -hmm. the body immediately engages in healing Mm -hmm. there. It's how we're made. It's, it's what we do. You know, there's no way around it. So if things aren't healing, it's because there's burden and there's restriction somewhere. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's all emotional and sometimes it's you know, belief systems that have us, you know, or there's something subconsciously. Fear is a very powerful motivator. And I think a lot of people don't, the, the reason why some people wait to go to the doctor when, until their tumor is, you know, 80 pounds or right. until their cancer is stage four or until that weird spot on their arm is growing, you know, legs or whatever right. it is. But it's yeah. because our fear, our mortality fear is so overwhelming yep. that it, in fact, the grand irony of that is we let things go until it is possibly too late. And then right. mortality is, exactly. the only, is the only option. We right. will die. Right. It's yeah. a very confusing thing. We, we, we vilify, you know, growing old in this country. I'm going to mm-hmm. just pick on America a little bit because I think we do. We vilify yeah. growing old here yeah. more, more than, well, I suppose... Europe is catching up with us, but more yeah. than any other, where other countries revere the elderly, yeah. we are like, oh my God, don't grow old. Don't get a wrinkle. Don't get a gray hair. Yeah. Stay fit. Stay this, which you should stay fit, obviously. It's, it's just a better right. lifestyle, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so the concept of eventually dying, it, I think it, it, it paralyzes people. Yeah. Which yeah, is a I, shame because it then keeps them from living a very wonderful, full, fulfilled, healthy life. Yeah. If they just go in and say, hey, something's amiss. Right. Don't know what it is, but 
That's just and my then, little rant about that. <laughs> no, I think I think you're absolutely right. That makes me what you're saying about the elderly too. That makes me think of. Um, have you heard of the Rosetto effect? Mm-mm. Okay, so Rosetto, Rosetto, Rosetto. So Rosetto, Pennsylvania, I think okay. is it's the it's named for the town. So um, I can't remember when this happened, but it's it's been a, a decade or two, a few decades maybe. So anyway, basically this um, this little town. It was mostly populated by Italian immigrants, I believe. Uh-huh. And um, so they were working in, oh gosh, I'm going to totally blank. Um, some, like slate quarries, maybe? I don't know. There was some kind of, it was some kind of a blue collar job that was really actually kind of toxic. Um, and the, the diet of the people was like, you know, hard cheeses and sausages and like things that were, you know, not that, not that Mediterranean diet that we know is so healthy or whatever. Um, and, uh, so a doctor from the town happened to be having a conversation with this guy from this other doctor who was like a, a cardiac specialist researcher or whatever. Um, and basically what they found was that this little bitty town had like no heart problems and they should have by all accounts with the age, the age of the population, their diet, Mm -hmm. their like all of this stuff. They, they had like no heart problems, no heart attacks, no, like nothing. Mm -hmm. And they were going, what in the world is going on? So long story short, they found that it was because of kindness. They were a very tight knit community. Um, everyone kind of lived pretty much like everyone else. Um, the elderly were revered and they mm. were honored and they were sought for, mm. um, advice yeah. and yeah. And then, and everyone just helped each other out. They just it. worked together as you know, you would hope that we could <laughs> like going, oh yeah, back like in those the days Japanese of villages, peaceful where tribes, much like that, where yeah. people lived to be 300 years old. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it was, so the difference was just staggering, but it was just all about, they were just kind. Yeah. People were kind and considerate. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great uh, documentary called Happy, where it talks oh, about okay. that and that that your your well being certainly is is greatly correlated with with your happiness quotient, yeah. and that we as a culture, and maybe this is human culture, this isn't just good old USA, but that we think we confuse like loads of money with happiness. I know some very wealthy people, and they are not that happy. So right. it, obviously, that's not. Not obviously because I know people like that, but <laughs> obviously there's an over study and study and study time and time and time and again. Yeah, that has been shown that that is not what brings people happiness. Right. You know, it's Absolutely. camaraderie. It's it's kindness. It's a, a feeling of community and and um, empathy and yeah. connection and all these things. Absolutely, we sure. need it as human beings. We need it. Yeah, we, we desperately need it, and that's so, that's one of the things that you know drives the suicide rate is I think you know you feel so alone and so isolated and disconnected that you yeah it's you can't take it anymore yeah yeah I know it just makes me want to go up to strangers and and and, you know touch them and say I love you which I love the story that you were talking about the other day on the podcast with Sean about the man on the airplane I was like oh yay thank you Susan yeah well I mean I mean that's the thing it's like you have to we have to reach out yeah we just you have do. to tell people. You're talking about the Sikh? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's, it's so important. I, it's funny. The other day, I went to dinner with a, with a casual friend who I don't know super well, but she and I, we grabbed a late night snack, and, uh, and we had a lovely time. It was fun. And, and 
we were, you know, going to our separate ways to our car and we hugged goodbye and I said, mm-hmm. see you later. I love you. And she stopped. She said, you love me. And I said, yeah. And she said, but you, you barely know me. How can you love me? I said, because I love you as in your you-ness. Just, I love you. There's nothing more, yeah. nothing less. There's, there's no yeah. complication to it. It's not, there's nothing yeah, to it. Yeah, you're another human being and I value you. Exactly. And I, uh, yeah. And it, it really got yeah. me thinking. I, I actually chewed on it for a few days thinking, well, that's such an interesting. So her response is in direct correlation with however she feels about herself. Right. You know, and she's a lovely, lovely woman. And it's, it's, but I don't know what's going on in her mind. Does she, yeah. by her saying you love me, is, is she saying I'm not worthy of love? Is she saying you don't know me and I have, you know, pretty good boundaries and whatever. Right. And that means something completely different. Is it a different language that I'm speaking right. when I say love? I mean, love. Right. I don't mean love. Right. You know? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. It's like that thing about how Eskimos or whatever that I've heard. I don't even know if it's true because I've never looked it up. And I should that they have fifty-four words for love. Oh, you know, wow. there's some culture. I'm probably getting it wrong, yeah. and I'm sorry no, to all but... the Eskimos out there if I'm screwing it up. But um, I, yes, because love means lots of different things. It does, and it's not weird to just love each other for the sake that we have come this far. We right. have made it. You're alive. You're breathing. I'm Absolutely. looking at you in the eye. I'm sharing. I'm breaking bread with you, which is a loving thing. Food is very loving. You know, yeah. Have that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so it just it got me thinking about how we are just so I, scared I, to love, even on we the are. most basic crazy. levels. Yeah, and and I was just going to say that's making me think. When I, I was a flight attendant for a few years, oh. and when I would be in other countries, you know, and see either on the plane if there was an emergency or something like that, you see these people, I mean, we immediately go into love mode when we see someone in crisis and they're right in front of us. It doesn't, I mean, so like you, you would see, I mean, I can't even pull out one specific example because this happened so often where someone would be in need of something and you would see people coming and there's like five languages. Nobody can say, but you can see they're like, you know, just the look on their face They're reaching forward with their hands. They're leaning forward and they're like, I, they're just pouring out love. Like, I want to help. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's who we are as human beings. And, I agree. And, and that's what but I... But that doesn't sell newspapers, unfortunately. No, it but, doesn't. But I, that's what... I can remember that. Yeah. And I'm I, as guilty as the next person to not remember that in times when I, oh, when I see me the news too. and I think, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of my... I had somebody was talking about, yeah, all, just all the negativity and all the crazy stuff on the news and in the political arena and all of that stuff that we're dealing with right now. But you know what I'm seeing, like what I'm seeing is not, um, anything other than like, I'm seeing all this good stuff happening. I'm going, wait a second. This is amazing. Look, look how everyone is stepping up Mm -hmm. because everyone, I mean, everyone that I'm seeing is reaching out in love and trying to make things better. And I, I don't see much to complain about as far as, you know, and, and whoever it was that I was talking to was like, oh gosh, it's so la la la. And I'm just going, it's you're, all watching, you your, you're yeah. watching the news too much. You yeah. need to actually like zoom out and look at what's really happening. Yes. Look at what's happening on the streets around you. Look at what people, how people are behaving. Look at, I mean, even social media and some of the things that, I mean, yeah, there's always going to be sure. a lot of that stuff. The town criers, I call them. Abs- <laughs> yeah. Ooh, good. Yes, absolutely. But, um, 
I don't know. I've just, I've seen a lot of different like celebrities or, or people who are kind of in, in the public eye a little bit more posting like really beautiful things about kind of looking at the world and being in, in each other. And I don't know, I'm seeing more beauty and more love That's coming great. out of all of this than yes. anything. And I just think it's, it's wonderful. So let's keep it going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a choice. It's love a is, choice. love is all we need. The Beatles are right. You it's know? so true. I mean, and oxygen is good too. But well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I agree with you. Absolutely. And, and you can zoom in on anything and, and you know, let's just say you, you get a little scratch yep. on your on your arm, and you're like, "Oh, it's a scratch. It's fine." And you just go about your day. Or you could go, "Oh my gosh, there's a scratch on my arm." And then you pull out the microscope. You stick your arm under the microscope, and suddenly that little yeah. scratch under a mega million viewpoint, when you uh-huh. get it down to the micro, it looks like the Grand Canyon, and you go panic. You think, "My God, my arm's <laughs> about to fall off." Yeah. No, it's just a scratch. Stop looking at it so closely. Not to yeah. say that you should run around the world unawares. It's important to be aware. And I, I don't right. think we're saying that. It's no. just choose choose love. It's choose a, love. It's a great way to be. Yeah, I absolutely. Think. Yeah. <clears throat> I think and I and I extend that to, you know, even like how we're looking at what, how we're taking care of ourselves too. Because mm-hmm. it's the same thing. Like loving you were saying body. with the scratch. Yeah. yeah, like you we we want to we get all in our head mm-hmm. and we zoom in and we start looking at all these different things and all the possibilities and all everything that's not even happening and um that's a little dog I'm babysitting <laughs> which looks very much like an armadillo she's so cute she is she's a hairless a Mexican hairless they're called Xolo X O L O is the short version of what they're called but she looks like an armadillo to me. She's zero hair on her. Anywhere. She's pretty. She's pretty awesome. She's a great dog. She's terrorizing something through the window. A bird, I'm like, sure. Yeah. Okay. She's, she's well, she scared it off. She's doing her job. I know she's doing her job. She's really good. <laughs> good job, Piggy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, sorry for that. No, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. No, but I guess all I was gonna say was just that. Um, you know, when when we're looking at whatever we're dealing with, I think the reason that we get we get lost in, okay, well, I've got this problem and I've got this problem and, you know, all the anxiety and all this other stuff because we're so zoomed in. Yeah. We just have to, like, we're not even going to be able to see what we need to do with the body. Right. Unless we zoom out and we look at everything as, not a, not just the body as a whole, but then, okay, what the spiritual body, the emotional body, the intellectual, like all of those other parts of us, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You have to be able to look at all of it together. It's so important. It really is. Yeah. It really, really is. So Yay. Yay. Awesome. We've yeah. just solved all the problems. I think world, so. Susan. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's about time. I knew it would happen. So episode 38 apparently is where all the problems of the world is solved. Thank you so much for being on. I'd love to have oh, you on again and talking about, because I know that there's, there's so many different aspects to it. Cause I really want to talk about the, um, the, do you do the oh, EMDR? EMDR? Yeah, yeah. Do you do that? I do. Okay. Yeah. Before we, before we go, I know we're, we're, we're heading into hour long territory and people are like, it's an hour. Oh my goodness. But yeah. Can we cover that just for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So the way that I was trained with that, I, I've, I've been trained to do a few different things that are all related that are like EMDR, um, site K emotion code, something else with NST called deep cures. So a few different deep, deep cures, cures and you're basically using a radionics kit, like the vials of frequencies yeah, and a yeah, sure. laser pointer to yeah. be like acupuncture anyway. So, um, all of those things, there's, they're each kind of dealing with a different component of 
how we're all put together. So EMDR, we're looking for, you're using eye movement um, to see, and you're watching how the eyes are moving, and you can see where they kind of jump or glitch a little bit. And that's where, because as you move your eyes, you're triggering different parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when we're getting to that point, you basically, you're just kind of like you're moving back and forth when you find, so the therapist for me, like I'm finding, so I'm moving my hand all around, they're following my hand, and I see where the eyes are glitching. So then I'll kind of go back and forth with that until it goes away. It's almost like ironing out a wrinkle. Mm. Um, but sometimes people will have a role they'll like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to throw up, or I'm getting a headache, or I feel weird and I don't know what's going on. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, we can stop, you know, and just, and I'll use essential oils. I, because they're really calming. They're very calming and they're really, they actually really help. So, um, I had one client where we were, we were doing some EMDR and it was going really well, but there was this one area that just would not release for whatever reason. And I thought, huh, I wonder if oils will help. So I just put some frankincense and it was a blend. There was sandalwood. There were some other things in there and I put it on the back of her neck and I had her just smell it. And when I went back to redo it, it was, the glitch was gone. So the oils just kind of helped her make that, that whatever that was. But, um, but there, there's a, then there are also like there's site K, which is, uh, it's using hand and eye movement mm. together. And that's helping to basically correct like a false belief. Like I'm not safe. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Mm-hmm that sort of thing that can be looping in your subconscious. And so you're using hand and eye movement to, to find which side of the brain that is in. Mm-hmm. And then you're doing, again, you're just accessing kind of using movement and breath with and hand connection um, to, and then just your intention. You're yeah. focusing on, okay, I'm correcting this false belief. And then you actually feel your eyes release and then you replace that with, I know that I'm safe and mm. I'm loved and I, whatever it is. And that sounds um, insane to some people, I'm sure. Oh, but yeah. But I, I often say, I've, I've posted this a couple times on my Facebook wall, pay attention today and see how many times you talk shit about yourself. Oh, gosh, yeah. And if you are actually being conscious of how many times you <laughs> verbally abuse yourself... Yeah. Down to the little, it's like, oh my God, a wrinkle, what's going on too? Oh, I'm so stupid. Even if you're saying it in that sort of like, right. oh, yeah. you know, uh, it is insane how many times we do that in a day to ourselves. Yes. Yep. It really, if you tally it up by the end of the day, you'll be like, whoa. Yeah. Because I, in the thing You would is, never talk to another person like right, that. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I can sit there and I'll have conversations with people about these very things. Like, you know, when it, when this comes up, like, okay, when I'm kind of testing through some stuff with a, with a client and we're trying to figure out, okay, <laughs> like all these modalities yeah. that, that I can help them with, sure. you know, what's really appropriate for this person in this moment. And so, you know, that might come up where they'll it'll be really strong. Like, okay, I, you know, they're definitely, their subconscious feels like they're not safe. Right. But cognitively, I know I'm safe. I'm not, you know, but your subconscious is looping that. So guess what you're living out of? Right. Your subconscious is 90% of your mind. So those are those things or, or, you know, trapped emotions, um, just all that kind of stuff where there are all of these really simple little things that you can do. And in fact, um, taking that back to, Michelle, because, um, in the adult chair, she's, she does all that stuff too. And so what she was telling me was 
with clients, she would do all of that because I was, I was working through something and I was doing a bunch of emotion code and site K and stuff like that on myself. And then the same thing would come up again, like after a week or two. And I was going, what is going on? And she said, well, it's, there's a, a part of you in your adolescent chair that needs to be dealt with. So I did childhood. Right. Yeah. It had to be, yeah, it had to do with that. And so as soon as I handled that and reintegrated that part of me that was sounding the alarm in the adult chair, then, or the adolescent chair or whatever, then all that stuff went away. Yeah. And so, so I, so I was telling her, I was like, wait a second. So I can have false beliefs in my subconscious or trapped emotions in my body or like all these different things and get rid of them. But if there's that aspect in my adolescent chair or ego that's still there unresolved, that little part of me, that 13 year old mm-hmm. that felt rejected or whatever, mm-hmm. and I don't deal with that, that little part of me keeps generating new false beliefs or new whatever. And she's like, exactly. So she said, you know, she so told powerful. me, she was like, yeah, I used to do a lot of that, but she was like, this just really gets to the root of it. So that's why I'm like, every one of my clients knows who she is. And, yeah. and, and I've recommended the adult chair to everybody because that's so powerful. it's so simple. And it's, and that's, I think that's the answer is. No. Well, and going back to even the scent and the, how the brain responds to, to the smell of something. I yeah. have a perfect example for this because oh, yeah. I used to get horribly airsick when I fly, when I fly. Oh, and, okay. um, I had a nurse tell me next time you start feeling that coming on, grab your Purell that we all carry, uh-huh. your hand sanitizer, throw a gloop in your hand and sniff it. And that scent will realign your brain. Your brain will go, what's that? And you'll, you, and it'll trigger whatever it was that was making you nauseous. Is it nauseated or nauseous? I never remember. I don't know. I always it's say one it. of those. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> making, making you feel like you're going to get sick and it'll shut that off. And I will be damned. It totally works. And yeah. so now I, I, in the in knock on wood for the past decade i have not once been ill flying oh that's great because I, if, if i feel that like uh-oh i grab the purell sniff it and, I yeah. can, and it burns to sniff it but that the minute i sniff it my brain stops being sick yeah it's i'll give you some wild. essential oils to use instead oh <laughs> i kind of like the purell not gonna lie <laughs> it burns but it's it like burns it's, it's okay it's like wasabi you're like oh this hurts but it hurts Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I find that stuff so Yeah. Oh, it really fun. is. Well, yeah, that whole the Power of the Mind. A great I... book. Bill Moyers, uh, Joseph Campbell, Bill Moyers book, uh, Power of the Mind, where oh, yeah. Bill Moyers ran around talking to all sorts of people from Western to Eastern medicines about how the mind truly controls our, our well-being on so many oh, deep yeah. levels that are, you know, you speak of the subconscious. Yeah. And that, you know, that... One of the things that people need to not be afraid of, of unearthing stuff because it doesn't always, you know, if you, if you, I think my perception and my experience, I can only speak to my own experience with subconscious mind and unearthing things that are difficult is that our subconscious knows when it's safe and when it's not safe Mm -hmm. to bring that stuff up. Mm -hmm. And I, I have found that generally once someone is in a place where it's the right timing, you know, maybe in their life and the right supports are in place mm-hmm. for them to kind of work with work through stuff. That's when that, that can start coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my, with just with my own experience, I had a lot of trauma in my childhood and, um, particularly when, when I was 19 and, um, 
I had no memory. I had completely disassociated from it completely. I had no memory of it at all. Um, and after my first session of NST, where basically what was happening with that, my nervous system, basically it's working from the nervous system out. So I'm getting my body, my whole being is getting this chance for my nervous system to start recalibrating and rebalancing everything. So my physical body, but it's also allowing emotional stuff to come up as well. And your subconscious is, it's, you know, that's the same chance, right? So I started having flashbacks of what happened to me after that first session. And my first thought was, because it was pretty horrific. And I thought, oh my gosh, how in the world did I block it out? And then my next thought was, oh no, I'm going to be like in a heap in the corner, not able to function if I'm going to have to process through all this. And that never happened. I, I mean, it was, it's very gentle. The heap happened. on the floor never happened. Yeah. It was very gentle. And I just, I thought, well, shoot, I'm not going to lug this around in my subconscious. subconscious, you know? So I found a therapist and I got to work right away and just, yeah, I met a wonderful woman who really helped me a ton with all of that yeah. initially, you know? And, um, so anyway, I guess all that to say, I think, you know, when, when the right things are in place or if it's coming up for you, there's a reason and maybe it's time and, yeah. and you just need and to don't find, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Cause getting yeah. to the other side of things is so lovely. Oh my gosh. It's so lovely. Oh, and the lightness yeah. of being to, to steal that line. Yeah. It's there's nothing like it. There really isn't. And you don't, you don't understand how suffocated you've been mm-hmm. <laughs> for oh, sometimes your you whole life. Oh, and how you treat other people or even and how you treat yourself by, absolutely. by the, just by reflection. Of, yeah. We don't even see it because mm-hmm. we're in the middle well, of it. Well, and a lot of times we don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that too. That too. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank so. you so much, Annie. Thank I, you for having me. Oh my gosh. What a treat. It's my pleasure. And as always... For everyone listening, heyhumanpodcast.com, I'll have links to all the stuff uh, that we've been talking about so you can go on there and, and get all that good stuff. All right? Yay. Awesome. Thanks, everybody.